Craft Beer Radio, episode 244, recorded on March 31st, 2013. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. My name is Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. And winter is gone. Spring is coming. Yeah. Yes. That'll be the next show I get into, so it's all... <laughs> It's all nonsense to me thus far, but tonight is the premiere of Game of Thrones. That's so right. Some of you will have watched this, watched it before you've heard this. Some of you yeah. haven't. I'm super excited. We, okay. I wish we had the Omegong beer to drink tonight. Yeah, that would be cool. That but, was uh, planning that I thought about uh, about three hours ago, and being dinner time on Easter, it's kind of hard to get that kind of thing. So we have with us a collection of... Uh, Dark to darker, but not so dark. <laughs> we took all the beer, all the beer that's in the beer fridge for the show, and we kind of lined them up in a spectrum, like just an arbitrary. Here's the stouts, here's the brownie things, here's the hoppy things, and like kind of set our hands about five bottles wide and just figured out where to pick from. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's roll the die. One to twenty. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or you could just roll a six-sided die and throw and roll again if you get a one. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> or roll again. How about if you roll again if you get a six? All right. <clears throat> Three. Three. Sour brown ale. <laughs> it's what All the right. fates have chosen. And this is what we get for listening to the <laughs> listening to random chance, I guess. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is. Uinta's 20th anniversary birthday suit. Now, now birthday suit is their uh, anniversary ale, but this is their 20th anniversary. So a limited release in March 2013, so it's very new, fresh off the shelves. Uh, 7.4% alcohol by volume, 20 IBUs, uh, and 20 on the SRM scale. Caged and corked. Very tight cork. So they call it an American-style sour brown with the flavorful Abbey and chocolate malts and a modest amount of hops. Got the puppy open. Here we go. Okay, so it is pouring a pretty dark brown, but not but not so dark to eat that it's not translucent and in fact transparent. Uh it's very clear. It has a nice nice head on it. Slightly toasty aroma. Toasty. You do get a little bit of of the sour in the aroma. It's a little Flandersy. Um, it, it, more like a, a Petrus, right? Mm-hmm. The toast is neat. The toast is a little more potent than you would expect in in something like this. So that that's a little, yeah, little difference. You're like, oh, okay. Let's see how that plays out. Let's explore that some more when we get into the flavors and whatnot. Um, we just pulled these out of fridge. Greg wrapped his hands around the glass. That's probably a great idea to warm this guy up a little bit. We're drinking these, and we drink everything in Snippers pretty much anymore. Yeah, it's... until we get the Spielglau IPA glasses that we won't you know, try <laughs> IPAs for those. These we, we find have you seen those glasses? Yeah, I've seen them. But we find Snifters to be uh, the in general it maximizes the beer experience. Mm-hmm. Ever and I was looking at the the Spielglau IPA glass. It's it's kind of like the Sam Adams glass, but different. But I have these really tall Belgian glasses, tulip, almost like a tulip. You know, they're, I got them from Stout's Brewery. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, since I saw the Spielberg glass, I've been drinking all that Headhunter that I have out of that glass. It has some similar characteristics. It doesn't have kind of the, the grippy, swirly part at the bottom, but it, you know, it has the, the tall bowl at the top and... It works well for IPAs, that's for sure. So it's it's sort of a fluted top. Is that what's going on? Uh, it, it's more egg shape, you know, egg shaped. Like okay. so, it curves in. It doesn't flute back out or anything at the top. But don't uh, the new IPA don't they have a flute? New IPA glasses. Um, go ahead and look for it. I'll, All right. I'll, while you're doing computer things, I'll I'll take another sniff here and tell what I'm smelling. There's a uh, something a little um, earthy. To it, a little musty. It reminds me, or I Woody. I guess I don't have a flute. There. Or Woody. Yeah, that, yeah. Greg's got the picture right there. Uh, 
it's, the sniff I just took reminds me a little bit of Paulo Santo Marone from Dogfish, where it has that, you know, a little bit of uh, wood aroma. Uh, I want to get a little more detail in than that. I guess it kind of reminds me a little bit of birch. Yeah, yeah. No, I can see that. It, it, there's a, a a live barkiness to it, mm-hmm. like a like a live tree, mm-hmm. not some mulch. All right, let's take a sip of this thing. Mm, nice tartness to mm-hmm. it. That that toastiness, that toffee or whatever it is, it carries through in the taste. And again, it's like, ooh, that's neat. We're going to have to look for that some more. But right now, the sour is dominating the flavor. And it's it's well done. But it's sour without a a sugary edge or and with and without a a kind of uh, a dark fruit center, which is normally, you know, you get that a lot with these, but mm-hmm. I'm sort of getting a, a, a sour kind of surrounding a kind of toffee-like center. Yeah. I mean, there's that's a, more interesting. There's a little bit of of tart cherry type sourness. The, you know, the the acidity, the sour acidity, it feels just like, like a citric acid. Um, kind of like a tart cherries, but not like a, a dark... You know, like we say cherries a lot when we're thinking about dark things, but this is more like think more like fresh tart cherries, I guess. Like, uh, what was that? That I'm trying to think. Oh, like uh, Bell's cherry stout, right? It uses those Michigan cherries and mm-hmm. it's really tart and acidic. And that's kind of like this, but this one has a little more tang to it. For the next beer. Oh, oh, for the next beer. Greg wants me to roll for the next beer, so. Got the dice here, but we're not. I'm not ready to go there. Just no, yet. I just want to get you. Yeah, get it ready. Hmm. Ooh, yeah, it's neat. It has that that toffee, a that... little bit of corky quality to it, like a wine cork. Um, a little bit of a balsa, mm-hmm. woody, like or not balsa wood, maybe uh, sawdust. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, the wood that I was smelling—it's carrying through the flavor. It's funny. I don't, you know, we don't get you into a ton around here. They're starting to become more prevalent, um, but we've had them on occasion. And this could all be psychology, you know, uh-huh. all me knowing what I'm drinking. But drinking this, it just kind of feels like you went to me for some reason. And I'm not sure I've had enough to really know that, but it just—I'm like, oh yeah. And I'm trying to think what one of their beers is that I might mean, remind me of this. Does it feel like Salt Lake City? <laughs> I don't know. It just, yeah, Uintas is not one that that we've had a lot of. Um, but we haven't had anything terrible from them. We had right? well, we had the, they had that. Yeah, no, I mean we've had, they were. Uh, I'm trying to think. So there was a Slonet Saver where we tried a couple of their birthday suits and whatnot. I pretty sure we didn't get a preview of this one um i don't know it's hard to say but this is good this is really nice it's actually i think a nice starter because it, so it, it sort of opens up our taste buds for the rest of the things that it doesn't feel like it's going to dominate everything mm-hmm. we had a comment a while back i don't think we talked about it about um ipas and doing a flight of ipas right, yeah. How one can really set the stage or wreck your palate or however you want to phrase it. And it was it was something I wanted to think about a little bit. It like, maybe it's not good to do an IPA show, cause, especially aggressive IPA shows, because what you're tasting in the second one is going to be so influenced by what you have in the yeah, first one. Yeah, and, and so maybe a better idea instead of doing, you know, because... Brewery Verticals is an interesting idea. I like that, where we mm-hmm. just find one brewery and do it. But also this idea where we're kind of going across a broad spectrum of different styles that are roughly the same color, <laughs> more or less. So you're going to get some of the same flavors, but you're also going to get a lot of different ones, too. I think that mm-hmm. that is is good in a flight. I think that you want to vary it as much as... as uh, not, not super varied, because then you get tongue twisted and you're not sure which way mm-hmm. to go but if you vary enough well we'll see we'll see if this works better or not but i think this this is right. a good idea at least makes ranking more difficult because you're comparing apple orange grape and banana yes this is 
a nice drinker. Let me try to get some more flavors in there. Oh, you're done, so I guess I'll just wrap it up here. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Let me take one more sip, see what I can get. It's definitely a very easy drinker. At 7.4, it was, went down really smooth. did not taste like it was 7.4. Mm. It doesn't taste like 7.4. It, it, that's good. I mean, it's so different from what you think of like an old Bruin or something like yeah. that. You know, it doesn't taste like, you know... Like, Stodgy? Well, you know, often I say, you know, I kind of compare Beer X to something sour from... New Belgium or something right. like that. And this one really didn't drill any comparisons, you know, and not even to use as a benchmark. This one was pretty different, you know. I, it's hard to think of any. You mentioned a Petrus, you know, and that's a maybe that's a good starting place. But most of the beers we would normally use as sour benchmarks to guide people from them to something else. This one kind of I think Petrus that. is the closest, but... It's not an exact match by any mm-hmm. means. It, yeah. it, it's it's so it's more sour than the Petrus. It's more, uh, it's brighter a bit. It also has a, a little bit more of the woody overtones. All right, so I got the four sided die, and we got four beers. Fourth beer, so we do this one. All right. So this is from Dark Horse Brewing Company. This is the Percolator Coffee Doppelbach. Now, where is Dark Horse? Dark Horse is... Uh, Michigan. Michigan. Marshall, I believe. 7.5% alcohol by volume. It's available September through October. So this has been sitting around for a little bit. But You picked this one up your uh, last trip to Ohio. Oh, oh really? It was yeah. Ohio? Okay. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Uh, so this is a Dark Horse Brewing's only publicly distributed lager. And they have two different labels for this beer. The one we have is uh, sort of UFO inspired or something like that. And the other one is a devil kind of thing. Yeah, that's the one we've had before. The the the, the, the devil go- well, goat, right? It's a yeah. goat thing. This one, yeah, this one has the old style drip coffee things that you see at like, uh, the church. You know, at the church function. And uh, some of them are shooting up, and there's like a moon. Yeah, there I is guess. moon. Yeah. Huh. Big coffee smell. I'm also getting a peppery smell. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. There's some sort of cayenne esque smell here. They use uh, organic fair trade coffee from the Ugly Mug Cafe in Ypsilanti. <laughs> Y-P-S-I-L-A-T-A-N-T-I, Michigan. Ypsilanti? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I That spelling, not with the slanty at the end, but something like that sounds vaguely familiar. But maybe I'm confusing Massachusetts with uh, Michigan, so I'll just shut up right now. Mine is pretty cloudy. It's dark, but it's also cloudy. Maybe I poured it a little too vigorously. Mine is pretty cloudy, too. Okay, mine looks muddier. Yeah, yours is muddier than mine. Uh, we can... Yeah, well, yeah, we'll just taste. Yeah. And I don't think we should blend together. We definitely get a peppery... Yeah, definitely there's something peppery about this. <laughs> Would not... I mean, if I smell this just by smell, I'd say it might be a chili beer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really smells like there's some some pepper in there. The spiciness... Actually, now I'm smelling it more so than the coffee in the aroma. So the coffee's definitely there. It's there in the flavor, too. I mean, not really hot, but it tastes like a pepper. A little bit of cayenne or something like that. I mean, it could just be bell pepper, right? I mean, it's... (laughs) There's something... I mean, like... Yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. I mean, it's not like my tongue's hot after it's yeah. gone, but it tastes like a spicy pepper. The flavor is like of red pepper flakes or something like that. But without any of the spice. None of the heat after you're done drinking it. Yeah, yeah. Like, normally, if you, you know, red pepper, pepper flakes, you'd, you'd be feeling the heat after they're gone. Hmm. That's weird. I mean, it, it, it tastes... 
to like a pepper beer without mm-hmm. any heat. Um, the, the, the coffee, uh, is, I guess what's giving it that character. And it's coming through. It's, it's coming through. Okay. It's a little work coffee esque. Mm-hmm. You said that a little quickly. People might not be ready to hear okay. what you said. A little so bit work. like, yeah, like work coffee, like old coffee that's been sitting in the, you know, it, it, it's made in that machine and it's been sitting around for two hours. That's not necessarily saying that the coffee that they used is bad coffee. It's no. just a lot of coffee beers can... They don't carry through all those great volatiles that are if you did like a some kind of single cup brew, you know, like a pour over or, you know, just a single cup, you know, AeroPress or something where you get all the great flavors. Tastes more like drip and get put into the beer. I mean, you know, doing that is uh, expensive and time consuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So most people, when they drink coffee, they drink a much uh, blander version of what they really want. Because most people don't drink coffee as a most people drink coffee as a matter of convenience, not as a matter of luxury. Mm-hmm. I'm not most people. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I had a went to breakfast a couple weeks ago, just a diner nearby. I'm like, oh, what the hell? I have a cup of coffee. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my! Oh my god! Drip coffee is the worst. Mm. It's, you know, it, you get used to it. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, and yeah, add sugar, cream, and get used to those flavors. And it, it's like ketchup, right? Right. It's just kind of something to, you know, ketchup is, or what the, uh, ketchup is something to make the french fries go down. Coffee is some, a vehicle for the caffeine, for the caffeine. right? So. And then the sugar and, and cream just have to, to hide the bitter parts that make coffee coffee, but you don't really want coffee. You just want caffeine. So <laughs> that's why energy drinks. Are yeah. So that's popular. why energy is probably because the energy drinks are gross, but they're small bit and you get all the caffeine. Mm-hmm. So this is a doppelbock, not something you normally get a coffee beer base from. And the more you drink it, the little more, you know, the pepperiness you're able to, taste behind it a little bit so i am tasting a little bit i mean it, it's not like it's tasting like your traditional celebrator or something like that where it's this you know obvious big chewy doppelbock but there's a little bit of lagery flavor there's a little bit of toastiness there's a little bit of like white bread crust yes uh, malt flavor coming through i'm starting to get it you know into it but it, with my six ounce half glass it's almost gone <laughs> so it, this might be a beer where if you really want to kind of numb yourself to the highlights to get into the harmonies and the, you know, the supporting characters, you might need more than six ounces to get yeah. there. Well, they said they made it into a coffee doppelbock because they were like, screw the Ryan Heights. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. They wanted to, to, to make it a little bit different. So I think that that's a cool idea. I, yeah. I'm, um, I've become kind of anti Ryan Hanskaboot over the years. I think it's. Uh, I understand it. I understand why there's you know some beers that sort of celebrate it, and, and you could do a lot with it. But I feel like brewing has moves past moves path, moved past that, mm-hmm. uh, and you can do so much more with so much more interesting stuff if you go past that whole idea of well, I mean, there's other beer laws, must be pure. Other laws took its place, right? Like you can't use lead and granite dust in beer anymore. Right. Right? So, you know, that's part of, that's why the right, they made the right heights kaboot. And now there's just common food safety laws. So, I mean, the same kind of thing, the right heights kaboot was just more of an iron fist, right? Where it's like, instead of saying what it can't be, if we say what it can't, you know, actually it's efficient. It's very German. Yeah. Very efficient. <laughs> here's four things if it's not in there well, three originally right right there's four things if it's not in there it's not beer you can't sell it as beer much more efficient than having uh you know six thousand exclusions right all right time to roll 
So you want to roll the six-sided one, and I guess... Uh, um, let's see. So there's three. Evens and odds. There's three, so yeah, evens and odds on the six-sided. Well, no. the fir- One, two, three, four, five, six. Do it that way. Oh, okay. One, two, three, four, five, six? Yeah. Okay. Well, I need is... One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I see. Okay. See, you can you can game the system either way. <laughs> All right, so this is Lagunitas sucks. Uh, I guess in in 2011 they were having trouble because of construction making their brown sugar, and so they made this as a substitute for people at the brewery who liked brown sugar, and they liked it so much. That they made it again. Uh, so this is a seasonal. It's available uh, <laughs> December 2012, uh, early January 2013. Uh, 7.85% alcohol by volume. 63.21 IBUs. And it says here, we suck. <laughs> now let me take a look at their brown sugar. Does it give you an idea what brown sugar is? Brown sugar is their like barley wine, big ten percent delicious beer that uh, has some brown sugar added. This is not anything like a big ten percent barley wine. <laughs> yes. This is double IPA type aromas on it, even though it's only seven point eight percent. It is hoppy. It's Lagunitas. I wouldn't expect nothing less. Uh, I don't think, I've but it any- doesn't have that. Funky, you know, it's a lot crisper and citrusier than you normally get from anything wrong with this. Yeah, yeah. Like my first sniff, I'm like, oh, this smells like torpedo. You know, that's my first, you know, big citrus nose. Stick my nose a little bit further into it. There's a little bit of perfume, like, uh, Oh, geez, I don't know. It just reminds me of a perfume. I don't know what kind of flower or essence it is. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Daisies? I don't know. Hmm. Bitter? Of course it's. It's Lagunitas. Even though it's only 63.21 IBUs. It's a pucker. It's a pucker. It's got a very piney, resiny quality. It hmm. It has a brightness to it that I'm... So I'm this liking. one is not brown, even though, you know, we tried to pick brown beers, right? Because since it said brown sugar substitute, yeah. I figured it was something remotely <laughs> like brown sugar. But it, it is nothing. So, out, you know... It, even our plan of yeah. picking similar beer, similar colored beers. I mean, fails. In, in terms of how close it is, to, this one's a to golden, brown sugar, clear golden. It's only somewhat close to it in alcohol content. I, I don't feel it. The label, the label makes it, and the label close. is somewhat similar. The similar design. No, it's a big hoppy. It's good. It's, yeah, it's it's a it's a. I, I guess if you're to call it anything, I don't know what. You might you might call it a double IPA. You might call it an American Strong. Um, I think double IPA is really yeah. the only way. You know, it's oh, I'm not you know like the the alcohol range for double IPA. This is probably like the low end of it. Um, but it's like way too hoppy to be a regular IPA. It fits in that double yeah. type category. It has um, a viscous quality to it, which comes from, I think, a, you know, a high alcohol with, with this kind of, when it's light, mm-hmm. light like this, it gets a kind of viscous quality. It, you know, it tastes like your your more traditional sea hops, you know, your Cascade, your Centennial. They, um, it's a little piney, though. I mean, it's it, it, it's a little bit on the piney side. I'm not getting too much piney, but I mean, that could be some Chinook, which is another common one. This doesn't taste very... 
extravagant or experimental. No, like those no, crazy and that's stuff. what I kind of like about it. Is mm-hmm. that it's it's the 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 hops are, are quality and and uh, the hops are. Yeah, there's nothing in there that's trying to introduce a real funky note. Because mm-hmm. normally you would think that uh, these special limited releases from from Lagunitas, they're anything but normal. You know, <laughs> um, Undercover Shutdown Ale. You know, right, I mean, all yeah. these ones are anything but normal. And this is like the most normal West Coast flavor I've tasted from Lagunitas in. A very long time. It's kind of a nice, it's a refreshing change, you know. It's it's like, hey, they do make normal beers too. It it's, you know, it actually kind of tastes similar to a Two Hearted. It's a little stronger, okay. yeah, but it has a, a lot of the sim- I think, same. I think it's a little brighter, a little more citrusy than a, than a Two Hearted. Yeah, I think a tor- you know, if you kind of take some tor- Two Hearted and some Torpedo and kind of blend those together, and then. You know, turn the volume up to 11. You know, you'll probably get this. <laughs> yeah, what's this? So it's uh, it's time once again for us to do a little bit of self-promotion. We are trying to improve the show as much as we can. And uh, in order to do that, we need your help. And you guys have been great and helpful so far. And so we hope you continue to be. The best way to help us, the easiest way to help us, is to use our Amazon referral link. Let's say the best way for you to help us is to use the okay. Amazon referral link. Yes. Because giving us cash is the best way okay, for us to help. The, most... the, be- the best way to help us, <laughs> you, can, you, you can donate directly to us. You can go to our uh, show page and donate. Um, you can set up a subscription if you'd like. Uh, you it's can, like what NPR calls yeah. a standing membership, where right. you can choose monthly or yearly. And you can even choose how much that PayPal takes out of your account. And um, that's great because we really appreciate getting the cash donations. Um, but, you know, there's an easier way for the listener, and that is using the Amazon referral link, which we've been plugging quite profusely mm-hmm. the last couple months. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Anything you buy through that session will give us a referral. doesn't cost you anything more. And we get a percentage of your spend. And it's been very helpful. Still waiting for the first check to come in because Amazon delays them like by three months. But, uh, you know, it, it's very helpful. So when you go Amazon shopping, as James Spencer likes to say, think of us. That's right. Or uh, think of James. But think and, of us first. And as an added bonus, your item may be featured on Amazon Anonymous in the post show. Where we, will pick- we don't know who buys what, but we do have an idea of what people buy. And so we, we always pick out... One, and we highlight and we just explain how cool we think it is or something interesting we found about it. And also on our website, we have the Craft Beer Radio Amazon store where we put up our favorite products. So you hear us talking about the Spielglau glasses, the Xylus bottle stoppers. You can find links to those on there. There's some other products. I got some homebrewing gear that I like, um, some books, magazine subscriptions. If you want to subscribe to Brew Your Own, Zymergy, um, All About Beer, you know, other beer magazines, you can subscribe through there and we get the referral for those as well. So you can check those out on the link on the website for the Amazon store. And if you need web hosting, you can go to our website and click on the Bluehost link. That's our web host. They've been very nice to us. And uh, if you need brewing supply other than what's in our Amazon store, you can also look at uh, <laughs> Midwest Homebrew Home Supply. They have a really sweet plate chiller that i'm thinking about picking up it's like the one i have but instead of being this thick with like this 10 plates being, 10 plates this thick about an inch inch and a half yeah, or so yeah. it's like this thick it's like almost six inches thick and it's like cheaper than the uh therminator i'm i'm kind of kind of pondering like if i sell this and that and this and i'll have money to buy the new chiller so what is it th- what is the therminator the therminator is like the really good plate chiller from blickman mm. and this is one that Midwest Homebrew commissioned, which is has more surface area than the Terminator, and it's cheaper than the Terminator. So the Terminator, because I got the the Sharon chiller. Some homebrewers will know what I have, and um, if you're using pellet hops and you don't have a good screen on your kettle, it can get kind of clogged at times. And uh, actually, I just got a bazooka screen to help with that problem as well. So maybe I won't want the new chiller once I get the bazooka screen installed. So. All right, end of that. It's time to roll another dice, isn't it? 
Yes. Okay. One, two, and three, and four. Okay. Two. All right. All right. So this one was uh, donated to me by a coworker who had the Sam Adams variety pack. I think it was this is the fall winter one. He liked them all except for this beer, so he brought them in. <laughs> this is the Sam Adams maple, maple pecan porter. It is hopped with East Kent Buildings. It is malted with their two-row pale malt blend, caramel 60, Munich, and Carafa malts. They call it uh, SRM 48, which they call a reddish black. It is special ingredients maple syrup. 5.6% alcohol by volume 30 IBUs. That's pretty black to me. <laughs> I don't know about reddish black. I mean, uh, I guess vaguely red highlight. <coughs> Put in a test tube, it'll be reddish black. Yeah. Pours with about a finger's worth of a. Now, when you're hit. pouring it, the you know the stream of beer in the pour doesn't look very dark, right? But in the glass, oh, there's some yeah, there's some nice red at the bottom of the glass there. Very clear, of course. It's obviously filtered. You know, almost everything you'll get from Sam Adams will be filtered. Really improves that shelf stability. This is a Best by June beer. Hmm. It was over my parents' house earlier today. And um, I, I don't know how my brother, why my brother bought it. My brother lives with my parents still, right? People who don't know, he's he, he still lives at home. He needs to. And... Um, he picked up a case of the Sam Adams Winter White, that nutmeg oh, corn yeah. thing. And there's still... I, I thought, like, the case was being drunk. And I went in there today, and there's still four full six-packs. So, like, he must have had a case plus, like, a six-pack or something. Like, Kevin, <laughs> I don't want to drink this for the next year. Please do something, because... I like... I mean, the beer's okay. Around Christmas time in small doses. I don't want to be drinking nutmeg coriander... Christmas beer yeah. in April. Well, so he bought it for you? No, no, he bought it for himself, but now he's not drinking it. You know, it, I don't know what the whole story was. <laughs> sometimes he buys good, you know, he doesn't, you know, sometimes we blue moon in there. Sometimes there'll be, you know, something like this or Boston lager and it's, you know, something worth drinking at my parents' house. But, you know, generally it's, it's the bat light and, uh, mm-hmm. iron city. We'll give you Okay. But now I got a whole case of Winter White anytime I go over to drink. It's almost like I'd rather drink the Labatt. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, it's like I can't take any more nutmeg and coriander. The elemental is attacking. <laughs> and I just brewed a whip beer, so hopefully it's not, hopefully it's not just mm. the coriander. <laughs> so, okay. Slightly maple, slightly nutty, but I'm not really getting much on the aroma. Well, we just came off of Lagunita sucks, so yeah. we need to like step back, relax, and, and you know remember that you know we're drinking your an everyday beer instead of you know a crazy Lagunitas beer. Okay, so yeah, I'm getting some mapley. It's a little nutty in the aroma, but maybe that's because I read the label with this pecan porter on it. No, I still think there's some nutty aroma. It's definitely a big step down tone-wise in terms of beer. Yeah. So it tastes really astringent, doesn't it? Coming off of the other beers. Yeah, it it tastes. It's like oh, there's the nuts. You get the nuts late in the aftertaste. Yeah, they come in afterwards. A little kind of hazelnut type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Um, Actually, even later on, it, it's straight up pecans. It's it tastes like roasted pecans or something. It's um, it's very accurate. I had another one of the, I had one of these, you know, not with erect palate, and it, it's pretty good. It tastes sweeter. The astringency is not as apparent. I really enjoyed it. It was a really good drinker. Yeah, no, it, it, it's there, just. I mean, like a lot of Sam Adams beers, the volumes turned down a bit because they're mm-hmm. trying to appeal to a slightly larger demographic, uh, and that's fine. Um, they don't do that for all their beers. Yeah. If you tasted it first, I don't think you complain about the volume. You know, it's just damn dice. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, we were just up against the speakers at, at a Metallica show, and now we're listening <laughs> to a Yo-Yo Ma just... concert, and 
complaining about the volume. <laughs> Our ears have been busted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I remember, since my palate's a little bit wrecked. But it had it was a little on the sweet side, but not cloying. Just, just sweeter than dry. And it... It's funny, I'm tasting the nuts more now with a wrecked palate than I did before. The maple was much more apparent before, and it wasn't very astringent. There was just a little bit of, of roast. I mean, the Carafa malt's not really bitter malt, right? It's just a coloring, mostly. Excuse me. And uh, it was it, it was just a really nice drinker. It went down pretty quickly. You know, it was just very comforting. I'm like, oh, I like this. wonder why your coworker didn't like the beer. Uh... He just—he said it was sweet. He said it was too sweet for him. Um, he's not a you know a huge beer geek. Um, it's pretty good use of maple. I, I'm not overwhelmed by maple, but I'm not mm-hmm. threatened. <laughs> I'm not like I, I'm not I'm not tasting it. So there's that sip I just took tastes pretty much what yeah. I remember. My tongue palate starting to get back in line and starting to get adjusted to this so that's good that you know hopefully you can get your ears get the ringing out of your ears and enjoy that yeah that cello another very easy drinker mm. that one sip we're in the late aftertaste the pecans really shine through that was that was neat i mean it tasted like not like pecan pie or anything, but like just shelled, like dried pecans. Like you could taste like that that flaky skin that you know yeah. the, those nuts have. You know, you got all those flavors really carried through very accurately from the real you know source material. It's not my favorite nut, mostly because of the um, the consistency of the nut. It kind of turns into a mushy thing. Or, okay, uh, but. It's one of my favorite nuts, flavor-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you? Just, just curious because they're similar-looking nuts, similar build, right? Pecans versus walnuts. Well, yeah, they're crack walnuts, right? You don't have to. You can get shelled walnuts. Okay, but and they look almost like, at least to the the nut neophyte that I am. If you had a, if you showed me an unlabeled bag of pecans and an unlabeled bag of walnuts, they'd look exactly the same. I I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, I like pecans significantly more than walnuts. Walnuts are a lot more, um, I guess, pecans have more flavor. I mean, like, I was going to say what walnuts had that pecans didn't, but it's almost the opposite. Yeah, walnuts are kind of like, they're closer to watercress in terms of flavor, right? Yeah. Yeah, they kind of have kind of a chalky type, dry, almost like a desiccant type flavor. It feels like it's just sucking the moisture out of your mouth, where pecans have a... A little more nuttiness to it. When you roast them, the flavor really comes out. Walnuts have a good oil. Okay. Um, I know walnut oil is used for some stuff. So, what's your favorite tree nut? My favorite tree nut. My favorite tree nut. I was gonna say cashew, but it's not a nut. Um, it's not. No, it's a fruit. Uh. <laughs> Grows on a tree and tastes like a nut's a nut. <laughs> what nuts not a fruit? Like cashew. a pecan's not a fruit? Uh well a cashew is not botanically a nut. Hmm. But uh, of of that nature I'd probably say yeah, a uh, cashew. Okay. <clears throat> Tough toss up for me. Uh pecans and or Oh, no, I forgot about almonds. I'd have to go with almond. Even oh, though... I, well, almonds are? I, I don't know. Are they? I don't I don't know. I thought they were more like peanuts or something like that. No, they grow in trees for sure. Okay, then yeah, almonds. Okay. Definitely almonds. All right, so our last beer, we only have one beer, but I'm going to roll the die, and I'm going to roll the 100-sided. See what it would roll, and we have a 73. That comes down to the Oompa Loompa from Fatheads. Fatheads Brewery in Cleveland, Ohio. So, don't have much information on this sucker. Other than it's 6.5% alcohol by volume. And they call it a chocolate cream stout. And it's named after the uh, the little people from 
Willy Wonka. So all the Fathead labels, Fatheads is started out as a bar here in Pittsburgh, and they have a very distinct logo of this cartoony guy with a big, thick neck. Dare I say fat head, but that wouldn't really help so much. And so the Fathead's label is the same cartoon guy, but every one of them is, you know, decorated differently. Right. This guy is dressed up orange face, green hair, like a uh, Oompa Loompa. The headhunter, he has, you know, war paint on, and a bone through his nose, you know, like, you know, African warrior type thing. And they're all, they, you know, the artist has all, I'm sure the artist they hire has all kinds of fun, you know, when they give him a new beer to, uh, how do I decorate the fathead guy? Black with the slightest brown of well, black it's highlights. <laughs> chocolate cream stout, yeah. right? So cream stout almost definitely has lactose added. And when you put lactose to a beer, <laughs> you lose any kind of light yeah. transparency. It makes it opaque. The blackest of night. Okay, so there is a bit of a description here. Let's see. Is there anything that's not marketing speak? Uh, Belgian dark chocolate, Madagascar vanilla beans. Um... Uh, whimsical snog wanger concoction. That was te- that's a technical description. Snog wanger. Let me know if you can taste the snog wanger. I, I smell chocolate. Doesn't you know the first sniff? You know was kind of surprising because it wasn't a boom. You know chocolatey candy beer. You know it it smelled malty. It smelled roasty. Excuse me. Very burpy this evening. We've remember we're right after Easter dinner, so we've had a lot to eat, and our stomachs are relatively full. So they're they're not accepting these as easy as they might, and <laughs> some stuff is coming up. So we apologize. Yeah, it's uh, there, there's dark malts. There's roasty qualities there. Uh, Sign sweetness. Yeah, it's funny. I'm really not smelling chocolate or vanilla. I am getting a little bit of like a milk stout type character, and a little bit of that that very unsweet sweetness you get from milk sugar. You know, mm-hmm. just that, just a touch of that. I'm actually getting a little bit of hoppiness in the aroma too. Just, just every once in a while, I get this little like continent or uh, your like English style, you know, like a earthy hop. It's a little drier than I expected. It ends on kind of a slightly chalky note. It's tastes hoppy too, doesn't it? You get that? Not really. No. Everything's it, it. It tastes almost, at least in the middle, more muted than the Sam Adams. It, mm-hmm. In the end, it, the, there's some things that are coming up, a little slight bitterness, and uh, but more. Of bitterness on the line of bitter chocolate than bitter hops. Slight, definitely some lactose-like sweetness. Like Jeff said, lactose is a pretty unsweet sugar. You know, for for sugars, it it really doesn't uh, carry a lot of sweetness with it. Mm-hmm. But there there's you know, but there's a little bit, so you know, it, it slightly excites those sweetness things, but not a huge amount. <coughs> kind of surprising i mean yeah i mean the main thing i'm tasting is milk stout it's like a pinch of chocolate and a pinch of vanilla like it could easily be missed if you weren't looking for it almost and and it almost tastes like those th- those pinches of chocolate and vanilla they almost taste like the same sort of things that they have like a Starbucks to add to your coffee. Like there's a vanilla oh. shaker and a chocolate shaker and you can add a little bit of stuff there. But that's all. It doesn't It doesn't taste as organically added. Or if it does taste like that, it, 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 the, the flavor profile is very similar to just those uh, plain old simple adjuncts they have available. Yeah, I mean, to me, it doesn't taste like a artificial additive. It tastes, you know, it tastes fine. But it's it's like... 
you know, that volume novel we were talking about a little bit ago, you know, it's at like a 0. 0.6. Well, I want to clarify that I, I don't mean that, that it's, that they taste artificial. I just mean they taste mm. similar to the qualities that those things add to it, which they, they don't okay. necessarily taste mm. artificial either. Right. I mean, it's real cocoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I guess, whatever vanilla extract in powdered form, probably just taste sprinkled on top. Yeah, it, it it just tastes kind of like an added addition that isn't as melded together with the rest of it. You know, the sip I just took was a little more chocolatey, but for something calling itself, you know, a chocolate stout mm-hmm. or a stout named after someone who works in a chocolate factory, you know, slave labor in a chocolate factory. Um, it doesn't live up to his namesake. Are the Oompa Loompas slaves? Could they go somewhere else in their own free will and work I, in I the don't open know. market? I, I don't. I don't have the the backstory to Willy Wonka. So, have you ever seen an Oompa Loompa anywhere else than in his factory? I don't. I'm not sure. I buy the Oompa Loompa excuse. I think it's really robots. And you know they they put out Oompa Loompas as their you know as a story, but it's really you know it's really robots. Less jobs created if they're just robots. He wants exactly. So he wants to present himself like he's you know creating jobs. There's just different people from just a different area of the world, and he's giving them jobs. And but really, it's uh... chocolate experts, chocolate making experts from a little hamlet in Belgium. This is really post-show. If you like this talk and you don't listen to the post-show, what is wrong with you? We're going to get back to the beer now. It, it's it's a, it's it's more enjoyable. I'm enjoying this drinker, but it's like I, I ordered a chocolate stout. I want a chocolate stout, you know? Uh, to me, what it comes down to is it tastes like... It tastes a little like Nestle Quick. And I mean in the sense that it tastes like it's something you made from a powder. You, you know, mm-hmm. add this to that. So, all right. Yeah, I got nothing else really to say. I mean, I don't want to, you know, go on bashing the beer. Well, then, Jeff, why don't you start ranking? Start ranking. I'm going to start ranking, and I'm going to stop ranking. Okay, uh, Oompa Loompa at the bottom. I don't think it was really suffering from flight. I. Maybe if it was the first beer, we'd get a little more nuance or something, but it just was, it was milk stout. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't a chocolate vanilla stout, like the name, yeah. like the description implied. Um, second, from the bottom, get a little tougher. Like the top four, I think are all, you know, good beers. Let's put the, I'm going to put the percolator. Um, you mentioned how the coffee was nothing that special, a little bit work coffee esque. Had a neat pepper thing going on, but mm-hmm. you know that was was just confusing. Um, but it was good beer. You know, no, 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 uh, no hard luck. I hope. Um, number three, I'm gonna put the Samuel Adams Maple Pecan Porter. I enjoyed it a lot the other day with a fresh palate. I enjoyed it. The second half of, of my sample tonight, when my palate cleaned up a little bit. Um, there's some neat flavors going on there. The maple, the pecans. And uh, it's, it's clean. It's well done. Number two. And and, and as as a result, number one. Let me figure <laughs> this one out. Uh, I, I'm going to have to put the sour number one. So that means the Lagunitas, the very delicious, sucks. Um uh, you know, it was, it was a refreshing change of pace from what you expect from Lagunitas. Um, very traditional West Coast hopping with, you know, probably Cascades, Centennial, maybe a little bit of Chinook. Uh, potent as hell. The first couple of sips were really puckering, really bitter, apparently. Um, but, you know, not as bitter in the uh, the scientific realm as some of their beers. The alcohol wasn't too steep. That was a really good beer, though. I mean, this sucks. It doesn't suck. And then, um, you know, I don't know if I'm giving it a little extra credit because it's sour, but that was, well, you know what? Here we go. 
the the that toffee character that that little bit of woodiness that it had in there was something I hadn't tasted in a, a beer a sour beer specifically. Excuse me. And that was really good. A great twentieth anniversary beer. You know, I'm thinking of some other big anniversaries from from notable brewers. Not going to name names, but there was that tenth anniversary a couple of years ago from a Pennsylvania brewery. Remember how much that thing was a. Yeah. <laughs> so, this was a very good anniversary beer. 20th anniversary from Uinta, their uh, birthday suit. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. <clears throat> While I think you you made interesting choices, I have to say I agree completely. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't wrong for once. Every... Every exact beer for pretty much all the reasons you made for your name were, were on my you know on my list in the same way the the fatheads it just it it didn't stand up um it uh like Jeff said maybe if you just had it alone without anything else then it might be okay but when you compare it to, to everything else we had it it really paled in comparison the the percolator a little too much work coffee esque a little. A little unfocused. Uh, the excuse me. The um, Sam Adams was very good for what it was. It may have suffered for being behind the Lagunitas, but I think it was pretty good beer. Uh, I think it was very smooth and went down really quickly. So that has something going for it. Uh, Lagunitas sucks. Doesn't suck. Pretty tasty uh, double IPA. Uh, it has some similarities to Two Harder, which is one of my favorite uh, beers in that style. Uh, and the Uinta was just it was it was really good. It was really really good and uh, suitable. Yeah, I'd be I'd be proud to put out a beer like that for my twentieth anniversary. That's all we're gonna be drinking in the post show, I think. Well, that's all we have. I mean, <laughs> it's the only one that's in a. Yeah, it's big like, bottle. It's, it's yep. 750 milliliters. So, okay. That's our show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. You can find us on various social media sites, like Facebook, at The Craft Beer Radio. Or, not at, but facebook.com slash The Craft Beer Radio. Google Plus, as Craft Beer Radio. And Twitter, which is pretty much our preferred means of social media ising I'm at Jeff Bear at CBR Greg yes and we have that email thing uh, beer at craftbeerradio.com thank you very much and this music is very exciting it's got the whole epicness down to it doesn't it